And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. I'm your host, Alejandro Suniga, here for episode two of our series, Behind Enemy Lines. This is where we take a look at the Michigan football team's upcoming opponent for the week. And of course, this week, Michigan has Hawaii under the lights at the big house. And I am so excited to have with me Jackson Moore of 24-7 Sports. Jackson works out west and he covers several programs, including the Rainbow Warriors. Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm, I'm wishing I was in Hawaii on a day like this. I'm in Fresno where it's 110 degrees today. So just trying to stay cool. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, of course, we've got we've got the Wolverines against the, the Rainbow Warriors coming up here in week two. Uh, it is potentially the largest spread in recorded Michigan football history at last check. It, I mean, it started at 46. It was all the way up to 50, and that's when I stopped checking because that's a really big number. Uh, but football is football, and and for the Michigan football team, this is a chance to um, to start J.J. McCarthy for the first time. Uh, we'll see what he brings at quarterback, uh, and it's a chance to potentially to see some of that depth, some of those freshman faces that we saw in week one against Colorado State. Uh, and it's a chance for Hawaii to show themselves, too. Um, I guess I'll, I'll turn it over over to you, Jackson. Uh, Hawaii has had a very interesting offseason. It has, you know, I, I think the as the saying goes, if your football program is the subject of state Senate hearings, it's almost never good news. Pretty sure people say that. Uh, I'll, I'll toss it over to you. What's this offseason been like and, and what's this beginning of the 22 season been? Yeah, it's been wild for sure. Um, I mean, I never would have imagined that Hawaii's team would look this depleted <laughs> a few months back. Uh, that I mean, they played; they were bowl eligible the last two years under Coach Todd Graham. It wasn't terrible football by any means, but uh, you could just tell that the culture had been thrown off. It's a very unique culture and, and place to have a football program, and they take a lot of pride in that. And uh, that coaching staff was uh, kind of stripping a lot of that away, and just the uh, overall feeling that players had for playing for Graham was uh, had been totally uh, just been thrown out for for those guys and so uh, about all the star players hit the transfer portal there were allegations about mistreatment and led to the state senate hearing and by all accounts it seemed like uh, UH was not wanting to make a move until just the public outcry got overwhelming and got to the the state governments and everything so uh, they, they really pushed that through and then even in the coaching change, uh, a lot of people wanted uh, June Jones. Um, he was vocal about wanting the job. And that was another controversial deal where it sounded like they didn't really offer him something that was uh, actually would a sane person would accept. Um, so they move on to Timmy Chang and it's going to be a long rebuild. And um, it's a little unfortunate because the last time UH came out to Michigan, it was almost the exact same scenario where uh, Norm Chow kind of tanked the program and Nick Rolovich was taken over and about every season from then to now has been pretty solid <laughs> in some degree, but now it's uh, like starting from square one and uh, right back in the big house to do it. You talk about rebuilding. Uh, one, one thing I, I found in my research is that UH currently plays at the smallest stadium uh, in FBS football. Of course, the uh, 
you know, the, the principal stadium out on the islands uh, was was condemned and they are hopefully rebuilding it. Um, but but they're going from playing in the smallest stadium to the biggest stadium, literally as big as you can get. Uh, this will almost certainly be the biggest crowd in, in Hawaii football history. If not number one, it'll be number two behind only the 2016 game that you just referenced uh, when, when they came out here for the opener uh, back in 2016. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, it's a depleted roster and, and it's been a rough first couple weeks. Um, you know, week zero was Vanderbilt. Uh, week one was Western Kentucky, both at home, both blowout losses. And you talk about Michigan trying to settle on a quarterback. So is Hawaii. Uh, it looks like from what I've seen is that Joey Yellen, who's, who's the transfer from Pitt, will be starting at quarterback this week. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see multiple people under center. When we're looking at the Hawaii offense, I know it's been a struggle. I know there have been zero touchdown passes thrown so far, which is not a fantastic way to start. Uh, what do you see when, when you're watching the Hawaii offense? Yeah, it, it's an offense that um, is not quite the run and shoot that Timmy Chang became known well for as a player uh, and that Hawaii has run a variation of it even recently, but it is still a spread passing attack heavy on the pass and, um, you know, they're going to try to mix in more run than a run and shoot team would. Um, I, I've seen just a, a lack of quarterback play, frankly, to run that offense. Uh, Braden Shager has played the majority of the first two games and he filled in for a couple starts last year and looks like he's going to be a scratch for this weekend and it looks like he's hurt. So that makes Hawaii's job a little easier in trying to figure out who to put out there. It's been him and Joey Yellen. Uh, Yellen came in the first game. Uh, I, I felt like immediately he showed uh, more accurate passing when he came in in the third quarter against Vanderbilt, but uh, it didn't sustain. He got cold a little later and uh, the game really unraveled while he was in there. Not really a lot to do with him, but more so on the defense. But you could see that we're rubbing off. And then this past week, and he got the start, and they pulled the plug pretty quick and went back to Shager. So uh, he hasn't really had a chance to settle in yet. Uh, I think from a talent standpoint, he should, with his resume and his time at Pitt, be the best quarterback on the roster right now. Maybe Shager is a little better in a year or two, as he's just a sophomore right now. But um, it'll be interesting to see how Yellen performs uh, with the full game ahead of him. Uh, they do have a couple of backs they like. Um, Diedrich Parson is a guy that's been successful there. And probably the biggest blow has just been at receiver. They, they lost some players there. They're not as electric as they usually are at that position. And their number one receiver, Zion Bowens, went down early in the first game. Um, we'll see if he can, is able to come back. But, yeah, it's just an offense that um, – it's intended to be a, a up-tempo, high-powered passing attack, and it just doesn't feel like they have the guys right now to run it. It's, it's tough when you add injuries on top of what you mentioned is already a very depleted roster. Um, yeah, I was looking through preseason content for the Rainbow Warriors, and it seems like at every position, it, it, you see people graduated or, for the most part, transferred out. Uh, and... Yeah, I, I saw Timmy Chang talking about how the offensive line was the strength of the offense at this point. Uh, I stayed up till midnight Eastern, in fact, to watch the beginning of that Western Kentucky game last week. Uh, did not make it all the way till the end. Didn't make it to, to, to halftime, uh, I'll say. But, uh, but certainly 
certainly seems like a team that's still struggling to find its offensive identity a little bit. And then uh, flipping to the other side of the ball, when we're talking about transfers, you're looking at a defense with Hawaii that essentially replaced its entire secondary. And, you know, there's a, a couple guys who returned from, from the linebacker position from, from the D line. Uh, but it seems like it's been a wholesale, a wholesale change across the defense pretty much. And, and hasn't gone smoothly there either. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, the secondary as well, they, or as mentioned, they brought in a whole bunch of cornerbacks, uh, Jojo Forrest, Oregon state transfers kind of leading that right now uh, at the safety position. They've got uh, they've been, the whole two deeps basically gone from last year. They've got a player who was a uh, walk on last year and, kind of the catalyst for everything that uh, went down with the Todd Graham being uh, kicked out of town, uh, Leonard Lee. Uh, he was removed from the team. Timmy Chang brought him back. And, and since then, he's earned a scholarship and a starting spot. So it's a neat story, but it's quite a drop off from the kind of players they had there last year. Um, up front, Bless Mantala at tackle. He's kind of the, the veteran. He started a whole lot of games and he's still in there. Um, but yeah, a lot of kind of plugins, uh, guys that have been in the program for a while and haven't played a whole lot or starting a whole lot of transfers across the defense. Um, overall on paper, it's listed as a three, three, five type of scheme, but you're going to have a linebacker is basically an edge guy most of the time there. So they're trying to, it's the same, uh, their, their defensive coordinator, Jacob Yoro has been in the program for five years. So they haven't made a lot of wholesale schematical changes, but it is a little different and the personnel as well. They're still breaking in a lot of new guys. Well, this Hawaii game, this Hawaii-Michigan game, uh, like I mentioned, it's, it's a 50-plus point spread. Uh, but for Michigan, it's an opportunity to, um, you know, to figure out their quarterback situation a little bit, to, to figure out some of their, their depth, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball where they had to replace so much. Uh, on the Hawaii side, you know, this is a chance. Well, number one, they're getting paid, I believe it's $1.9 million for this, which when you're looking at a, at a school and a program that is – you know, renovating its football facilities and, you know, has gone through coaching changes and is trying to maintain themselves even as a D1 program uh, is what is kind of what the fight has been. Uh, you know, this is an opportunity to, to put Hawaii football on the map, put them in front of eyeballs, remind people that this is a program that, that exists. And, you know, like you said, as of last year was, was bowl eligible and has been a pretty solid program for the past few years. Uh, and it's also a chance for players to themselves make a name for themselves, right? It's a chance for, for them to play in front of 110,000, in front of NFL scouts. Uh, as you're looking at the Hawaii roster, is there one player or maybe a couple players that you think uh, could, could really do that and, and shine in Saturday's game? Yeah, I think, yeah, as mentioned, the strengths on the O-line and, and those guys are probably going to get a whole lot of love but uh, there are some players there Il Manning is probably the best player on this team he's at left tackle he's we've got a lot of starts under his belt and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of attention on him um, yeah, I mean it's a little far and few in between but as mentioned it is a big stage for them uh, another unique part about Hawaii is that the large majority of their games are on local pay-per-view so their rights don't go nationally um, unless you're a, a someone on the mainland who's a family member or has figured it out via gambling you probably don't know how to find these games that are available online on stream 
so uh, there's only four nationally broadcasted games, and this is one of them. So they're going to be pumped up for that. Um, as mentioned, some of the players that even I would turn to first are guys like Zion Bowens, who may not even play, and, and Braden Shager, who's going to be scratched. So um, I do like the tight end, uh, Jordan Murray. He's been a nice addition from Missouri State. Uh, he's uh, added a little bit of a dimension there, why he's usually not known for, for tight end play. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll see if maybe some guys emerge because not a lot have so far through two weeks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we'll wrap up. I, I don't want to make you give us a score prediction necessarily, uh, given that it, that it is a 50-point spread. Uh, but but is there one thing that you'll be looking at this Saturday, whether it's a, a certain stat, um, a certain player, or or a score, if you want to give it, uh, to, to leave us with a prediction for Saturday? Yeah, I anticipate it's going to be pretty lopsided. I wouldn't be surprised if the, the, the spread is met or is in that range. But um for me, I was from the Hawaii side looking to see if this team can just kind of shake off some of the, the bad vibes from the first two games. I mean, they have had several plays in the first two weeks where a fumble lands into a, the opponent's hands in mid-stride and they take it for a score or a, a pass gets deflected and it's caught mid-stride by the defense and for an interception. And it's just been not just that they've gotten blown out, but they've had some bizarre plays and some bad luck and um so if they can avoid some of that maybe they'll keep it a little closer than the spread suggests but uh, if they can just come away with something positive it, it's been hard to find a lot of uh, moral victories so far and you know this is a game where if you just can be competitive for a while you can feel maybe a little good about it going against the top 10 team on the road Hawaii's actually played very well in the first quarter of those first two games regardless of what those final scores say so uh, there may be some moral victory opportunities here, but I, I can't see it being very competitive overall. Well, moral victories and, and a fat check uh, going back uh, maybe to, to the islands on Sunday morning or Saturday night. For myself over at the Michigan Insider, thank you so much for listening. Jackson, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hope the weather cools down for you. And for our listeners, you can, of course, find more coverage like this over at themichiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate it, and tell your friends. We'll catch you at the football game on Saturday. Peace.